When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Tuesday. Wow, it turned into a whole different kind of Tuesday in one moment last night. And we will definitely get to it. Certainly there was a chance we were going to be here talking about an NBA Finals game and the Longhorn baseball team not being involved anymore. We knew that was a possibility. But I don't think anybody thought that it could end like that. Longhorn fans, we say it all the time. We are your therapy a lot of the times. Today, we will pull out that big leather couch again. You lay down and talk about whatever that was for you. Whoa. It's Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. And he is a Longhorn fan that was watching last night, too. Expecting extra innings. And then he got that. He is Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What up? What up? What up? Happy Tuesday, everybody. I mean, wow. You're right, Chad. Just a brutal night last night. Love this team. This team has a lot of heart, but sometimes it doesn't go your way, and that's what we saw. Man, it was the one sport above all else where I hear, watch long enough, you'll see something you've never seen. It's baseball. You could say that about other sports in certain ways. It always seems to happen with baseball. Two or three times during the year, my dad calls me or I call my dad, and I'll say that to him. Hey, man, watch long enough. You'll see something you've never seen. Guess what I saw? Blah, blah. We'll go through this thing and whatever it was. A different way of scoring an error that we'd never heard about. This happened. That happened. Um, you know, a bird flies onto the field and, and causes some situation. But last night, y'all going to have to help me figure out another Something to compare that to. Because I've never seen that in a big time game, in the, you know, in a playoff scenario, I've never seen a game end like that. So y'all are gonna need to help me. Uh it was an incredible three games. I don't know why the baseball gods decided to punish us that way at the end. Cause they up until that moment, the theater had been fascinating. Texas had their opportunities, runners on base, couldn't get them home. One of our listeners texted us, that's when they bailed out. It was said it was disheartening. After that three-run lead, with after six innings, it looked insurmountable. So at one point, this fan ducked out at 6-3. Oh, yeah. Didn't see the actual ending of the game. But then... Texas showed that patience that they showed in game one. They fight all the way back, and it looks to every eyeball in that stadium like it's headed to extra innings, and for it to end in a moment like that, 
I've just I've never seen it. Zay, I feel I feel for you. I feel for every Longhorn fan out there. Again, y'all y'all went into it knowing you could lose. You're not dumb. You know you could lose that game, but there's nobody that could have thought you'd lose it like that. No, no, and it's heartbreaking. And my heart goes out to Eric Kennedy and Dylan Campbell. I know they're feeling it, and it's just—I mean, it's not even an era. It's just—I don't even know what to call it either. It was absolutely brutal. And again, that this team has so much heart. Think about losing to Oklahoma in this season, getting swept, and where we were then. Then going to the Big 12 tournament and losing those two games the way that they did against Kansas and Kansas State and how good they looked last weekend in South Beach. Then what we saw on Friday, the heart that they showed being down three runs in the ninth and winning that game. And I I didn't have a good feeling going into last night, but that team, they showed that fighting heart throughout the game, going down three, coming back, tying it. Going throughout three again, coming back, tying it. And then what well, we saw just the lights. That's just all it was. The blinded by the light. And you think about home field advantage and what could have been if they would have done decent in the Big Twelve tournament, if they would have hosted at the dish, field that they knew, where Stanford, you know, they know that field very well mm-hmm. not saying that they couldn't have made that same mistake they might have to but and by uh, the way they technically did yeah i mean in game one they lost one too yeah exactly i don't know if it was a lie i think it was just both those guys that was, know, a, there was some, communication there was some communication issues but i think it who knows maybe yeah. it played into it maybe it didn't but yeah the fact that it happened a, a weird situation in the outfield happens to the home team and then it comes back to get the road team in, in a way like that. Just, oh, yeah, that's crazy. Bowser's tough, man. Like, he he is tough. If it was somebody that that would have happened to on the Stanford team, it'd be him because he was killing us all weekend long. Yeah. Like, he took a Tanner Wet bomb early and got him out the game. And I was like, well, here we go. And, again, this team just has a lot of heart, kept fighting. And this was supposed to be a rebuilding year for David Pierce. We weren't really talking about Omaha early in February and stuff. Everybody was just kind of like, well, hopefully this is going to be a fun season because we know the expectations here at the University of Texas when it comes to this baseball team. And everybody was kind of like, oh, I don't know, have high hopes. And they proved us wrong. And anytime you don't get to Omaha, yeah, it sucks. Definitely sucks how the way it happened. But I think a lot of people, when the hurt ends, which it probably never will, but when it lessens, I think you'll be able to reflect on this team and remember it as a tough one that fought really hard through everything that's happened during the season. As you reflect on it, let us know what you think. Specs text line 337-3776. Somebody texted, I'm still shooketh. Uh, I think a lot of fans could understand that one. Says it was a terrible lost. Uh, lost. Got to stay with them. Obviously, um, we would expect that. Yes, of course, from a Texas baseball fan. Says that uh, our man CB, that was one of the wildest, strangest, heartbreaking, greatest college baseball games of all time. Uh, that's probably fair. Um, says, as a Longhorn fan, I truly hate Texas sports. Not even shocking anymore. Um, maybe yeah. they think that comes with it. I've never seen that, though. That Come on, I don't think anybody would have predicted that that 
exact thing um, would happen well, to I, anybody, much less Texas. Well, I thought the baseball gods were on our side when Rios thought he went yard and ended up being short. Their whole team, I was like, oh, man, here we yeah. go. Wait a minute. And he took his helmet off, which I know there's a big hoopla about that and the rules, which at, at that point, thank goodness the blue didn't call that. Like, if it was the shoe was on the other foot and Texas had that, right. like, you know, somebody took off their helmet because they thought it was yard and stuff, like – People, we're excited. If you win this game, you go to Omaha. <laughs> like, right. I get this is yeah. college baseball. Yeah. Like, that's the beauty of it. He made a mistake. I get a lot of Texas fans are salty about him taking off his helmet or whatever. I, that loss hurts, too, but it's a good job they didn't make that call. But I thought that was gone. And when the Horns got a second chance, I was like, oh, bet. We, we good. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to be one of those, just like on Saturday night, this is going to be one of those games where they just fight hard and make it dramatic, and somehow we're going to finesse our way to Omaha. And, again, you know, I – I remember seeing this clip on Steve Kerr, who's really cool with Jay Wright, and they were on Team USA together for basketball with Pop. And he he asked Jay Wright, he's like, yo, man, when y'all hit that game-winning shot against North Carolina to win the championship, why didn't you – you didn't celebrate. You remember that? He didn't celebrate. He just kind of, you know, was stone-faced, mm-hmm. Jay Wright. And he told Steve Kerr, he was like, yeah, because I only thing I could think of at the time was Roy Williams and the hurt that he had. And, like, that's low-key how I feel. I'm not, like, feeling like a Texas fan, this hurts me. I'm feeling for Dylan Campbell and right. Eric Kennedy. Yeah. Like, well, I, I, that, just thinking about how yeah. good those guys were. That throw that Dylan Campbell had to third, Chad, on yeah. a rope. That's what we should have been talking about today had they won the game. On the rope, yo. Or even if they lost normally. Oh, Cardinal Black, that's what I was calling the whole time because you remind me of Crunchy Black, dark-skinned brother that was playing on right field. I was calling him that the whole series. It was fun messing with him, especially how he mucked up on Saturday. He thought he was good. He thought he had, oh, this ain't nothing. Old way in right field. I play right field. That's probably what he was thinking. He was like, ain't no way he going to throw me out for here. I got the Jets. Sure enough, that thing was on a rope. And, again, just that was one of the best plays I've ever seen. Like, I, that was ridiculous in that time and just the momentum that was swung after that play and for that to happen afterwards to Dylan Campbell. One, one inning later. One inning later. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just I, I, I feel for those guys. The, I really do. The diving catch he made earlier in the playoffs, the catch that Kennedy made earlier in the playoffs, for those guys to be near the ball. The ball landed, what, four to six feet away from Campbell. Only guy that really saw the ball was – Daily, yeah, who couldn't get there, mm. and if your second baseman's able to sprint back there and make the play, that would have been unreal. But you essentially had, you know, three. I guess it's technically four guys that were there that for for a lost in the lights to end a game like that, a tie game, super regional deciding game. It's just it's nothing I've ever seen. Janky ass lights. I mean, you could t- yeah, maybe somebody texted us. How many lumens did those lights have? Uh, holy mackerel! I feel bad for those who played uh, their last game last night, and for it to end that way. Exactly. Well, I heard y'all got hosed the previous week because of the lights and them being janky, like a couple of times. Your Aggies? Is that right? Yeah. Like, y'all got hosed a couple of times, which, you know, y'all probably just had bad field in being y'all. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I kind of I would, feel, you I would know? expect that reaction. <laughs> yeah, I hey, was going to say, I'm but, hurting. No, but I'm nobody hurting. believed the Aggies, of course. <laughs> That's not happening. Hey, I'm hurting. I need to throw a jab when I can. Uh-huh, but, yeah. yo, come on, Stanford. Like, I get it. Yo, Boston Garden, 
Back in the day, Red Arback, they had the cracks in the court, too, that only Bird and Parrish and McHale, all those guys knew. And if you came to play, you wouldn't know. And sometimes the ball would just bounce out of bounds because you think you'd be handling it right. Sometimes you just have a home field advantage. And if that's Stanford's, then, hey, it's hard to knock it. It's just tough at our expense. So somebody texted us. I don't think this is a joke. The lights aren't high enough. Maybe, Lord have mercy. maybe that's an issue that Stanford has heard before, but the light poles, like they're not making them high enough? Huh? You're Stanford. That's what I'm saying. We're Stanford. You might want to double check on that one, see, Cardinal. See, that's why USC and UCLA leaving. Stuff like that. <laughs> crap like that. And Stanford's going to be trying to figure out what conference yeah, to go to. High enough. Yeah, yeah. That is weird, Y'all man. Y'all bullcorn in Stanford. All right, so this text, again, Specs text line 337-3776 says, the team had a great season. Kennedy and Campbell have grown so much as baseball players. It's not their fault we lost the game. It's a credit to them that we were even in it. And certainly they did make great plays. That's where I'll say I think the baseball gods, if they're going to punish you, they punished you with your best guys around. It's not like a Longhorn fan today is going to rip Campbell or rip Kennedy or even rip Daly. They know you y'all know those players are good. We understand how good they are. It's just the oh my God. In some ways, it is the most maddeningly silly game that exists. And as soon as it was done and everybody's running around, one of the announcers. Maybe Kyle Peterson is like, well, it is that time of night. I'm like, wait, <laughs> y'all know this is happening at Stanford? Somebody texted, Stanford should not be allowed to play a playoff game at night with that crappy lighting. Sorry, man. That is so weird. Uh, uh, our man Nate texted, California has regulations about heights on structures. I've seen that on cell phone towers I had to work on. Oh, good grief. Yo, man. Could it be that? Uh, somebody else talked about the umpire and the strike zone. Once again, the there was, was some it was really bad both cl- ways. close calls both ways. Yeah, both ways it close was bad, stuff. but yeah, I don't know. That swipe tag at second base. Oh, man. So close. My, uh, naked Eye thought they had it. Naked Eye thought that was an out. Mitchell Daly, he thought it was too. And then I went back and I looked and I looked and I looked and, I looked and I'm like, oh, yeah. my God, I think he might have got there. Yeah. Plays at first base that were so close. Stuff at the, I mean, just all over the field, uh, everything was stu- even the. I mean, obviously that the, with that incredible Campbell throw, that that tag was close. He definitely got him. Yeah, but even that ended up being really, really close. That play was so ridiculous. And you are right. That is one of the best throws. I'll bring up my two favorite right field throwers of my life. That's how good it was. Raul Mondesi and Bo Jackson. Wow. Those are the two guys I think of when I think of badass torches from right. So, first off, think you think about where Dylan Campbell was on the field, right? Where his weight was headed at the time, and the fact that he one hops that thing—it's silly. Mondesi used to do that to guys all the time. Guys thought they could tag from second. No, you can't <laughs> go first to third like this guy was trying to do. No, yeah. you can't get there. But Bose, I think I'm remembering this correctly. If you are old like me, help me. I think it was Bo as a Royal. I think they were in Minnesota. I want to say it was in a dome. And Bo, I think, catches a sack fly. Well, the guy tries to make it a sack fly from second to third. Guy on second. Bo catches it like a step or two from the wall. He's on the warning track. And Bo either threw a dead-on strike that didn't bounce or it was a one-hopper and got the dude out by like two feet. Yo, man. And the guy guy looked like he'd seen a ghost. (laughs) 
He he was certain. Like if if his mother had been waiting for him at third, it would have surprised him more than the baseball. It wouldn't have surprised him more than the baseball did. Right. He was like, "Wait, what? That's those are the guys I thought of as Dylan Campbell makes that play, and then an inning later for that to happen. Like you said, the older you get, the more you watch sports, the more you want it to be a badass performance, and you want it to be taken, and you don't want it to be that." You don't want Bill Buckner. You don't want Nelson Cruz. I really don't want Nelson Cruz. But those kind of things, those are the plays you sort of think of. What about Alou, Cubs? Um, What's my man's name in the Oh, the Steve Bartman play? Steve. That's something to bring up, but but none of those are exactly this. None of those are exactly, we're tied and we're headed. It'd be like... I was trying to think of what's the... The only other thing I could come up with is if you're tied in like a World Cup soccer game, it's one all, and you know you're going into extra time, and somebody's just resetting the ball to the goalie, and he screws it up, and it goes in on an own goal. Oh. Now, thankfully, that does, that that hasn't happened in our lives because that person would be killed. Yeah, like Escobar's. Would be killed, yes. Yeah. But that's all I could think of. Or hockey, right? Some weird thing. Puck just gets by you in the last five seconds, and you're going to extra time. That's sort of what that was. It was absolutely terrible. Um, let us know how you experienced that. Uh, I'm I'm assuming a lot of folks were in the same situation. Jaws hanging open. You couldn't you couldn't believe it. Uh, Texas losing seven to six. So Stanford goes on to the College World Series. Maybe the only silver lining is that Stanford has to play Wake Forest, and Wake might put twenty runs on them in that first. Game. Oh, they can't wait. Wake Forest. They can't wait to get to Omaha. Fair to say you're rooting for Wake in that game? Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. Kidding me? I would assume. I might go buy me a Tim Duncan throwback Wake Forest jersey just because I want them to win that bad. Some CP3 gear? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> Anything. I want that ass with a two and barbecue. Take your ass back home to Palo Alto and get your lights fixed. Yeah. It all starts on Friday in Omaha. So we'll be following it. Not as closely as we uh, we were hoping to be. But TCU and Oral Roberts will get that going on. On Friday, So that's one of the big issues we'll hit today. The other one is the history made by the Denver Nuggets. They are the champs now. They finished it off an ugly game five, but they got it done. 94-89. Not only holding them under 100, Zay, holding them under 90. And just like it has been for most of this series, except for that one game, Denver finds a way to be the better team for four quarters. Yeah, what an impressive run by the Denver Nuggets and, you know, kind of an old school basketball type of way. We've seen so many super teams and, you know, guys with multiple all-stars on it. They just got one all-star in Nikola Jokic. Now, Jamal Murray, which we'll probably talk about this more this week, he's definitely a top 10 point guard, maybe a top five with the performance that he had in the postseason. But, you know, they're not like a Kevin Durant, Steph Curry Warriors team or a LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, you know, Miami Heat team. They got it from the mud. They drafted the right way. They made the right trays and getting Aaron Gordon and Catavius Caldwell-Pope. They got guys that were slept on and Christian Brown and uh, Michael Porter Jr. who was supposed to be a top five pick, but he's had all those back problems, so a lot of people didn't want to take that risk. Denver was willing to take that risk, and it benefited them, and it paid off. So, yeah, they deserve everything. Nikola Jokic, he was great once again. When the Miami Heat went up by 10, I was like, oh, man, the Nuggets, they're really tight. Like we talked about it yesterday, that was the only fear of mine was they'd be so excited they'd 
do things out of character. They, you know, be a little nervous, a little anxious because they knew what was at hand winning at home for what first time in 40 something years since the ABA days, David Thompson. So that's been a hot minute and they played a little tight throughout the whole game and their leader, their MVP Joker, he just calmed everybody down and said, hey, give me the ball. If they're just going to play me straight up with Bam Alibio, I'm going to dominate and go to work. And he did that in the fourth quarter. And Miami, they're just worn out. Like, we, you know, you talk about the run with the Nuggets. Everybody stepped up at different times throughout that run. And so it was like that for Miami, but they just had so many tough games. The previous series against the Boston Celtics going to seven, you just knew they weren't going to have much left entering this series. And each game, even though it might be close at times, they would start to get fatigued especially Jimmy Butler. Like, he wasn't good yesterday. He was good in that fourth quarter, and the refs helped him out a little bit. Like, that that foul call on the three, Dude. that might have been one of the worst calls. If Miami would have won that game, I would have came in here and said that was one of the worst calls in NBA history. Like, that's the stuff where people think that it's rigged. And you got a chance to look at it. Like, that's the Reggie Miller call. How do you get the chance to look at that call and still leave it alone? Like, and that's, still leave it that way. That's the Reggie Miller call because he was duking refs all in the 90s because he would kick his leg out and he would fall like hell yeah. and he would get that call and then they start to figure out, okay. And the other guys are standing there. Yeah, the other there. guy's like, what am I supposed to do? No, you got to go straight up and straight down. That's not a natural shooting motion to kick your leg out. It's not. You could go straight up and straight down. Aaron Gordon, that's what he did. He ran right across to get a good contest so he wouldn't, you know, get in uh, the Jimmy Butler space. They called it. It was in his space, and they kind of made that game closer than it really was. And, you know, you talk about Dylan Campbell, Eric Kennedy, and how heartbreaking that was last night for them dropping that ball. Jimmy Butler's turnover at the end of the game was brutal. Yeah, that was bad. That's tough, man, because first he traveled, and they didn't call that. And then he knew he traveled, so he was like, oh, man, I can't believe I got away with it. I need to get the ball out of my hands before they call it. Like, that's what you think. When you almost travel, you think of, oh, I need to get the ball out of my hands before something bad happens, and you kind of panic. And then he threw that turnover to Catavius Carwell-Pope. They knocked down free throws, and it was ball game. And shout out to Bruce Brown. When they were down by one point, he had that really good rebound and put back. And a lot of different Nuggets fans are going to remember that for the rest of their lives. Big time, just championship win for the Nuggets. Joker didn't look like he gave a damn. He just wants to go home. That was one of the weirdest exchanges I've ever seen for somebody who's won the finals. Like, think about it. Think about the all the greats who won their first ring. Jordan jumping into people's arms. There's the iconic photo of him in the shower by, when his wife and his uh, pops next to him and he's crying, holding the trophy. And then Larry Bird, like, jumping up and down, holding his arms. Isaiah Thomas singing, heaven must be like this. All that. While Joker's over here like, I'm trying to go home. I ain't the parade. When's the parade Thursday? Damn, this ain't this is messing up. This is messing up what I try to do. But that's who he is, and I, I kind of marvel him for that. Like he kind of did the Jay Wright thing that I just mentioned earlier when the buzzer beeped, everybody was celebrating. He was dapping up the Heat, dapping up the Heat players, mm-hmm. saying good game, good game, great series, this and that. Like he's a different type of dude, and. It's a different superstar, but it's refreshing. It's refreshing to see somebody that's not about himself, that's all about his team. He wants to see his teammates' success. You, I know you've probably seen the video of him and Jamal Murray where he like 
basically drag Jamal Murray in the pool. Like he's a great teammate. He's a great person. And he could, he could care less about the limelight. He could care less about the publicity and having all eyes on him and being the face of the league. He just wants to hoop and be with his family. I love how he puts his wedding ring on his shoe. You know, he saw his daughter out there with him. Like he's a family guy and we need that in the NBA. We got guys who are getting finessed by porn stars and guys <laughs> that are twerking guns around. We need more people like Nikola Jokic. A uh, Denver Nuggets win their first title as a franchise. We'll keep going through those big-time numbers that Joker put up. Obviously, Jamal Murray gets a ring, uh, and now not only is Joker the MVP of the regular season, he's a finals MVP, and he now becomes Joker the jeweler because he's getting guys some rings, and now it's one. Let's see uh, if it starts to count up. Also up next, and we'll keep talking about the crazy end of the Texas baseball season, we'll also talk some football NFL-wise. Stefan Diggs not at minicamp. What does it mean? Plus, uh, some comments we'll have later for you from Aaron Rodgers. Lots of football there. And a little later in the hour, without games going on tonight, we'll tell you some things you may want to check out. And there's a story from the weekend we still haven't hit. Plus, we got to talk about this golf thing. U.S. Open coming up. The crazy agreement with the PGA and Liv. Is the U.S. government going to be involved somehow? We got a guest coming up at 105, Cam Rogers of the Believe Network, to talk about it. Stay with us. Busy day on the horn. Coke Fest, August 4th and 5th in Hutto. Who are you guys? John Party, Whiskey Myers, Riley Green, Sammy Kershaw, Colby Cooper, William Clark Green, Kevin Fowler, Caitlin Butts, Treaty Oak Revival, Jacob Stelly, The Weathered Souls, and Juliana Rankin with special guests DJ Duke. Coke Fest 2023, Friday, August 4th and Saturday, August 5th, Hutto. Get your tickets now. CokeFest.com. All right, this is Chad. Let's talk a little sinus and snoring specialist after uh, I was able to figure out what I saw last night at the end of that Texas baseball game. I did watch some coverage of the Nuggets uh, winning, and then I was able to go to bed, get a good night's sleep, thanks to sinus and snoring specialist. Dr. Slaughter and his crew want you to have a great night's sleep, and if you're not, you need to get that looked at. If you have sleep apnea or think you might, uh, I know the feeling. Moderate obstructed sleep apnea is what I had, and I found out I was 85% blocked in my nasal passages. It was really an interesting thing to figure out, and I was able to learn that in the first consultation with Dr. Slaughter. He prides himself on meeting you in that first consultation. They may send you home with a sleep test, just like they did with me, sleep in whatever position you want. Sleep in your bed so you feel normal there, and they'll be able to look use that data to figure out what's going on with you. It is the very latest in ear, nose, and throat stuff, so you can get rid of your allergies for good. You can get rid of sinus issues for good, and yes, you can get rid of that sleep apnea as well. Call and set up an appointment today, 512-601-0303, or go to sinussnoringent.com. It's sinus and snoring specialists. Feel clear, rested, and healthy. Chad and Zay. feel like I'm in a movie montage above everything else. Um, I don't think it's them, but it sounds like something Survivor would have been a part of. Who was in Survivor? 
Oh, I don't know. Oh, don't know any names. Is it a single single name here? Yeah, single name. All right, who is it? Frank Stallone. Oh, it's Sly's brother. That's right. (laughs) I forgot Frank had a song. Wow. What? This is his brother. Seriously. I just forgot Frank had a song. You say, like, had a song like he wasn't supposed to be a singer. Right. Like, I forgot that Sylvester Stallone's brother actually had a song. But, like, he wasn't a musician? No, I don't think so. He just dropped the track. Like, Eddie Murphy... Kind of, yeah. I don't. He was sort of. Did he act? Maybe B-rate actor or whatever. Oh. People barely knew he existed, much less knew he was the brother, much less knew he could sing. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember Frank being known as a singer. I could be wrong. I'm, the listeners have already told me I was wrong about Bo Jackson in right field throwing that dude out. It was Bo in left, and I said it was in Minnesota. It was in Seattle, and it was Harold Reynolds he threw out, and Reynolds was going first to home on a double. So okay. everything I said about that was wrong, I think, except for Bo Jackson. Ah, gotcha. That's all I had right was Bo threw, <laughs> threw a dude out. <laughs> that was it. Um, but when I see great throwouts from the outfield like Dylan Campbell pulled off last night, I do think of Bo Jackson. So that's the only connection I can make at this point. Yo, Bo, shout out to CB for sending us this. Bo shouted out Dylan Campbell on that throw on Twitter. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's how you know it's serious. Absolutely. Yeah, no, Bo was incredible uh, at so many things, but that was definitely one of them. Uh, We're going through that heartbreak with Texas baseball, just a crazy wild ending. Dylan Campbell making that kind of play in the eighth, and then the Longhorns just getting bitten by the weirdest of baseball bugs in the ninth, and especially if it is factual that people saying, no, these lights aren't high enough and they need to deal with that out at Stanford. That might be something to take a look at. Just saying. Y'all might want to maybe double-check that, not to use it as an excuse. I'll say it so y'all don't have to, Longhorn fans. That part is a little crazy. There were a lot of close calls there. Was it two Longhorns that appeared to have gotten hit by a pitch that did, yeah. did not get their base? Yeah. like Did I see that correctly? Got hit by a pitch, and they called him out because he kind of leaned, but not really. Yeah, and that's it was a, tight. Well, it really was close. It was tight, though. That's what I'm saying. Everything was so close in that game. I guess I would just ask you, Zay, if, he, if you reverse it and a Stanford batter does that exact same thing, do you want him to be out? I yeah, mean, of course. Right? You want that to be a strike, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And it sucked because it was the third strike. Yeah, just like when Rio's helmet came off, like I, if that was the horns. I wouldn't want that call either. Yeah, I like the fact that nothing got called there because the helmet had nothing to do with that play, and the guys running on the field thinking he'd hit a home run had nothing to do with the play. Yeah, he gets penalized because it maybe would have been a triple if he would have just ran it out right off jump. Yeah. He Maybe. almost he almost got tagged out. I mean that they got that ball back pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, because he was celebrating. And couldn't he, see nothing. Oh, I couldn't believe that one. The logo on the wall sort of distracted you from it. The announcers thought it was gone. I thought yeah. it was gone with oh, the I naked eye. Gone. That ball hit the bottom of the wall, and we all thought it was out. That was crazy. It's Just a hokey field, man. So many weird things about the ending of that game. Like, like the sprinklers on Sunday night just randomly going off. Yo, y'all got to get it together, man. Yeah. At Stanford, y'all got to get it together. This is the type of anger where I might go saw a tree just because I'm salty. Yeah. Cut and a tree down, something like that, because I don't know what the payback I'm going to get, but their mascot's a freaking tree. Yeah. And outside of any, you know, again, if Texas fans or team, the team or whatever talks about it, it sounds like they're trying to make an excuse. But Seriously, as a third, if you're a third party observer, if there is something going on with the lights out there, fix it. You're Stanford baseball. Go fix that. 
you're going to host regionals and super regionals, and you're going to get put on West Coast time, and they're going to throw you on late. Deal with it. Figure it out. I mean, that I, they must want it like that. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Again, it, almost, it, it bites them in game one uh, a little bit, a little bit of communication, but who knows? Maybe they lost it a little bit in that weird lighting uh, as the sun's going down, too. So we've talked about that. We'll continue to talk about the NBA and the Nuggets' first championship also, a story to keep your eye on as we are now under 90 days away from the NFL's first Sunday. 89 days till that first Sunday, which means 90 days till Buffalo and New York get after it in the first Monday night game. And Zay, apparently Stefan Diggs is not reporting to the mandatory minicamp yet. So according to the head coach, Sean McDermott, he is saying it is, quote, very concerning to him that he's not there. Uh, They started today with the minicamp practice. They have practices tomorrow and Thursday. And there's a report that Diggs was in the facility yesterday, but he didn't report to practice today. Hopefully everything's good with him. When I read very concerning, I thought, wait a minute, do y'all know where he is? You didn't lose the man, did you? Or is there, you mentioned, is there a family issue? Is it something like that? But this, so far, is a basic kind of football story. And you've talked a lot about this day in the offseason and the way it ended with them and the weird, like, complaining version of Stefan Diggs that showed up last year. Yeah, yeah. He was out of line after they lost in the playoffs to the Cincinnati Bengals, trying to leave before Coach even got his post-game speech in and I get it you're upset because y'all had Super Bowl aspirations and a lot went bad yet uh, last year from Von Miller to DeMar Hamlin like a lot went bad which it probably felt like a roller coaster because how do we focus on football when we have a teammate who's in the hospital that might not never play again yet alone live so There's a lot of emotions going on, and you would think with DeMar Hamlin coming back and all those guys on the defense that are coming off the injury that are expected to be healthy in September, Stephon Diggs would come in with a brand-new attitude, a more positive attitude. And we still don't know the details of his absence, but it's hard to not think about how he left things at the end of the season. And it's odd that he was there yesterday but not there today. So did he get into it with somebody? Did something happen? Right, like, you yeah. know, as that'll probably come out. I'm also seeing reports that his agent said he'll be back soon. Okay. So who knows what's going on there. And but. maybe they showed up for some negotiations and that didn't go well. But remember, he signed a four-year, $96 million extension last offseason. Yeah, so I don't know what he's complaining about. If anything... You see, you mentioned that. If anything, they might have tried to talk to him about, hey, can you throw some of us, you know, throw some of that money back so we can get oh, better. Oh, a restructuring conversation. You know, and that might be the last thing you want to yeah. say to a wide receiver. Right, no, I like, don't, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Like, those guys, they, they'll they feel offended if you say something like that, like, what? I'm not good enough to put us over the hump? And, you know, that's when you start pointing fingers and stuff. No, this was the problem last year. Yeah. It ain't me. Ask so-and-so to take less money yeah. or so-and-so to give back money who didn't do this and didn't do that, which, you know, looking at that contract, that's pretty hefty. Like, that's a pretty hefty no, deal is. for, you know, yes, he's good, but you're on a really good team that has a lot of hopes of going far in the playoffs this year with a franchise quarterback that – 90% of the league would love to have. 
So I, <laughs> if somebody asked them that, I could see why it's a little P.O. They're not showing up to camp today. Yeah, so we do not know what it is. Again, that's speculation on uh, our part just to throw out what it, could it be. Could it be about negotiations one way or the other? Is it about money? Is it about uh, you, you hope there's no family situation going on where it's some kind of bereavement you know, leave or whatever, but that's not what is reported. They, uh, By all accounts, they thought he was going to be there, and he wasn't there for practice today. We'll keep our eyes on that story. They have practice uh, again through Thursday this week. So keep uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled on that. Also, a little later in the show, we have some Aaron Rodgers sound for you. Aaron Rodgers commenting on the Wilsons, both Zach and the local product, Garrett Wilson. That's coming up a little later. At 105, we're going to talk to Cam Rogers of the Believe Network. He covers golf for them, among other things. Talk U.S. Open this week, but more importantly, let's talk about this PGA Live Golf and and PIF Saudi agreement. Now they're talking about will the U.S. government get involved in terms of the Senate wanting to know about this agreement. We'll get Cam's thoughts on it coming up and uh, see where he thinks this thing will go and maybe who he thinks is going to win the U.S. Open. By the way, did you hear that Rory McIlroy and Brooks Kepka are paired together the first two days? Yeah, that's not an accident. We'll get into all that at 105. Up next in the crap bag, if you missed the Conor McGregor thing, we'll go back over it and I'll give you the reminder, plus a little crap bag TV guide for you if you're looking for something. Now that the games are over for a couple days, we'll let you know what's coming on in the next few days for you on the horn. Hey. We're taking the buck-ons and buck-offs to Twitter. Bucky and Aaron are partnering with the Austin Gamblers, and we want your shout-outs. Follow at the Horn ATX on Twitter and use the hashtags buck-on or buck-off. Qualified tweets will put you in the running to win a pair of tickets to PBR Gambler Days at Moody Center in August. We're picking a winner weekly. Bucky and Aaron's buck-on and buck-offs, powered by the Austin Gamblers. Visit hornfm.com now for contest details. All right, this is Chad. Let's talk Apple leasing. Love my car from Apple leasing, and you will love the way you're treated. It's been about a year for me now with this car. My wife couldn't believe it. She's like, wow, has it already been a year? Yeah, time flies when everything was so easy with Apple leasing. I called 346-9977, started telling them what I was looking for, things I'd been looking at, things I really thought I wanted out of the next car, and I was able to get all of that, and it was so convenient. They go out, they find those rebates for you, depending on what time of year it is, depending on what holidays are going on. It could be end-of-the-year stuff. It could be holiday sales, the selection changing throughout the year. You're not expected to keep up with all those little details, but Apple Leasing keeps up with all of that. So they're going to all those dealerships, finding the best options for you on this particular model you're looking at. They can get you this deal with this rebate. Here's what the payment would be. They lay it all out for you. Here's how long the lease term would be. All those different things. You ask all your questions. They've been answering folks' questions and making it easy for them since all the way back to the mid-80s. So call them up, 346-9977, and get your process started. It is the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Remember, they'll deliver it right to your driveway if that's what you need them to do. I know because that's what they did for me. 346-9977 or go to appleleasing.com. Chad and Zay. I'm 
Hot potato. Oh, man. I know exactly who this is. I'm trying to think of the name of the song. Um, this is Talking Heads. Uh, oh, um, The High Life? Nah, close. Wildlife. Wild, wild, wild. Wild, wild yeah. life. There you go. <laughs> man, I'm a big fan of just variety in music. I love that a band this weird existed back then. This band was huge in the 80s. They had hits in the 80s. David Byrne is still doing stuff out there. He is a wacky dude, and I love him to death. Talking Heads and Frank Stallone getting us started. Yo. Oh, oh yeah, we played the big stuff right here. <laughs> right here. I went and looked at Frank's catalog. He's got a few albums. Does he really? Yeah, it's not like he just dropped one song. Okay. Then. All right. And then somebody said he was in, um, gosh, what's the movie with Val Kilmer in there? Wild Wild West. Tombstone? Yeah, Tombstone. Frank Stallone's in Tombstone? <laughs> Somebody said that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Tombs- Have you ever seen Tombstone? I haven't. Ooh. I heard we- that's a must watch. We may need to go there. Yeah. Because in some ways, it is a fan. It's not a bad movie, but there's some parts of it that are so over the top and so cheesy, but you can't help love it. That Yeah, that's incredible. And, and then if you haven't seen that Val Kilmer performance... It's worth the whole movie. Yeah. It really is. We'll have, we will definitely have you watch Tombstone <laughs> at some point. That may be your next week, in fact. I'm good with that. Because next week we switch back to you with a movie, me with an album. This week I'm watching Coach Carter, and Zay's going to listen to the Beatles' Revolver. Uh, so next week I think uh, Tombstone may be where we go nice. for you. All right, uh, Cam Rogers coming up from the Believe Network. This golf story getting weirder by the day, and I'll admit I hadn't thought of these last two angles. Angle one, that the Senators might want to take a look at the agreement because it bothers them. But how about the rebuttal from Monahan of the PGA? Hey, Senators – I let y'all know months ago that we were concerned what was going on, but I guess your complications with your own relationship with the Saudi government got in the way. Oh, wow. There's a lot of layers coming here. Because that's, in a way, the United States government lecturing you on a relationship with the Saudis. Kind of like Jenna Jameson lecturing you about having sex with somebody that's not your husband or wife. (laughs) For a job. Yeah, like they got some nerve, huh? Right? I mean, there's... Yeah, anyway. Uh, So we'll get into that story coming up at 1. I find it fascinating. Also, this one's fascinating. I can't believe y'all are still hiring this man for this type of job or even thinking about it. Let's get into the crap bag here. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Sometimes they are a fighter, and sometimes they are a fighter and they're likes-to-fight guy or likes-to-fight girl. In this case, it's likes-to-fight guy, Conor McGregor. For anyone that thought he could walk onto an NBA floor, be told to punch the mascot out, and that it would somehow end well, that's your fault. Connor does not do works. Y'all all thought it was a work when he threw the dolly at the bus. I told you it wasn't. I'm a pro wrestling guy and I'm a fight fan. I think I know a work and I think I know a shoot when I see it. That was a shoot. He's an idiot. He's a maniac. And if y'all didn't realize that, Miami Heat, 
Okay, you want to promote some spray he's got out there or whatever? But, Zay, they sent him out there. They sent that poor mascot out there to get hit by Conor McGregor <laughs> and somehow thought, what, he was going to pull the punch? Yo, That's I heard. Not, Conor? I heard my man got sent to ER, too. He is not doing good. Yeah. That's not Conor McGregor. Let's go over a couple of examples on the other side. Muhammad Ali, greatest of all time. Muhammad Ali could pull a punch. He loved wrestling, though. He loved Anoki. He worshipped the man. He found out about it. He was involved in some events against Anoki and some other pro wrestlers, meaning he learned how to pull those punches. Connor's never done that. Ronda Rousey spent a lot of her life worshipping Rowdy Roddy Piper. So when she made the transition from UFC into WWE, she wanted to learn the business. She's always loved the business. I've never heard Conor McGregor talk about pro wrestling. A day in his life. So the idea that that somehow could be like a really cute little work, that is y'all's fault for putting that together. I would have told you, I'd have told that mascot to duck and run. Because I would have told him Connor's going to deck you for real. And that's a damn shame. Like, you would think he's promoting his product. So he gets it. Like, he gets it's a bit. Like, he gets that. On some level, I think he did, but like. He can't hold back, though. Like, you're you're basically just saying he can't hold back because he's just flat out bat. Crazy. He is. And he's getting back into the business. He's going to fight back into UFC. He's going to fight Michael Chandler at the end of this, of this year. He's a coach on the Ultimate Fighter. And one of the first things he did when he got there, he and Michael Chandler say hi, and then Connor immediately starts trash talking. Immediately. Chandler, what's your prediction for the fight? Uh, second round. Uh, you're dreaming. And he's already jumping around <laughs> and everything. And he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, I'm going to do that. And he's like, you want to go to catch weight? And he's like, oh, I'll do And Connor's like, you'll do what you're told. And he's all fired up. Good grief. Yeah, I, I hope the guy's okay, though. Is he still in the hospital? I don't know. Man, I hope he's all I don't right. know. Because with the heat loss, that's not good. Because they might get the loss from last night and the lawsuit coming. It may be. You're right. Because, yo, Pat Riley, I'm suing your ass. Like, you need to tell Connor over and over, hey, man, yep. you can't knock this dude out for real. You shouldn't have to do that. Like, he should know any sane citizen would know that, oh, yeah, I'm not going to knock this guy out for real. But you're right. The dude's just an idiot. And, man, I don't even know what the – what is that mascot anyway? Um, Question. I'm not sure. My wife was trying to figure out what the Nuggets mascot was last night, too. I couldn't tell her nothing. And she was a little frustrated. She was like, how do you know – you being a sports guy. And I'm like, babe, it's not like a golden nugget, dude. It's literally like. He's like a mountain lion or something, yeah, right? Yeah, something, like, something that. like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. Rocky the mountain lion. Is that his name? Something like that? That makes sense. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's something like that. Okay. Um, so the other thing, real quick, now that these games, now that the NBA finals are over, and if you're a Texas baseball fan, you're out of the playoffs uh, and not going to Omaha, this would be the official start of. The dead zone. Uh, 81 days till Texas plays their first game. 86 days till the first NFL game. So you're going to need stuff to watch on TV. Here's some suggestions. Bill Walton, parts 3 and 4 of the 30 for 30. Zay, I'm done with parts 1 and 2. I've loved every second of it. Nice. Every second. Because he's not too over the top, Bill Walton. He's telling you his stories. Going through the details. Part 2 ended right before they make the run in Portland and win the title with Dr. Jack and that whole crew. So they're going to pick up Ooh, there. Dr. Jack? Who the Doc- hell is that? Dr. Jack Ramsey, uh, okay. the coach. 
And so then they're going to take up, pick up with that season in part three and go forward. I've enjoyed all the little details because I didn't know a lot of the different things that happened to him, the injuries, the political stuff, and right. all, all these different stories. So that's out there on ESPN. If you're like me and you're into the pro wrestling stuff, if you're like Zay and you're into the pro wrestling stuff, Dark Side of the Ring is back on Vice. You want to hear some serious wrestling stories? They've got them. They've already had a couple episodes. This week is the Graham family, which I'm not that familiar with in wrestling. I don't know if this is superstar Billy Graham or some other Graham family, but that story gets told tonight. They're going every Tuesday on the new episodes, and it's on demand as well. Plus, the biggest TV event of the week, as far as I'm concerned, is tomorrow night. SEC opponent announcements for 2024. I double-checked it. 6 o'clock tomorrow. So right there in the middle of Ball Don't Lie, be sure to be tuned in. You might hear Rod Babers and Mike Harge and Patrick's natural reaction if we find out in the first hour where te- who Texas is going to be you know, paired up with in terms of opponents. Will we get Texas, Texas A&M again? Will we get it in 2024? Uh, I would tell people, Zay, to expect to just hear the opponents and home and road. I don't know if we're actually getting dates tomorrow. That's the one thing I'm not sure of. A full, like more than a year in advance, I don't know if we're getting that. Normally, like I think we're going to get the first layer of what the NFL will give you. Next year, the Cowboys are going to go at these teams, host these teams. Like I don't know if we're going to find out Thanksgiving weekend or is it September for this game or if Texas matches up with Georgia next year. When, when, and when, I don't know if we find that out. That's fine. That's the, fine. I just need to know who we're playing because it's literally called the 2024 football opponents reveal on SEC Network. So when they just say that, that I think that's what we're looking for. So that's tomorrow night at six o'clock. Uh, obviously, keep it right here on the horn. Also, and check all of our social media. I'm sure there'll be a reaction or two. When we find out what is happening or not happening, just wait till you hear from Longhorn and Aggie fans if they get told tomorrow that they're not playing in 2024. They'll mess this up, SEC. Oh, let's hope not. Let's hope they get it right. All right, coming up in uh, hour number two, we'll talk about what golf's trying to get right right now. The PGA and Live and all of that, the agreements coming together and all the politics around it. Cam Rogers, uh, host of the of Lock It In on the Believe Network and a sports betting host on Stadium, joins us to talk a little U.S. Open and all the crazy drama in golf right now. Don't move. It's the horn.